Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, if you didn't stay up late last night and you missed the Seahawks giving the Niners their first loss in overtime, what a game. The defense is scoring points, setting up scores. 27-24 looks like there's a decent amount of offense, but don't kid yourself. The defense made a lot of big plays. Strip sacks, fumble recoveries, touchdowns, short fields. Both defenses helped out their offense quite a bit. Both offenses had their issues. But in the end, the Seahawks get the win, and the Jazz get a win over the Warriors. Uh, Not that far away, actually, in the Bay Area. Um, And for the Jazz, it's pretty much what you expected. They got a nice, comfortable lead early. Didn't really blow the Warriors out. Weren't able to rest guys as much at the end of the game, maybe as... Um, as much as some Jazz fans would have preferred, or maybe as much as Quinn Snyder would have preferred. Bogdanovich did look like he hurt his shoulder late in the game. Um, we'll see what that means for him Tuesday night, how he's feeling uh, you know, later today, and see what it means for tonight's game with the Brooklyn Nets. And also Royce O'Neal was icing his hip late in the game. So this isn't a team with a lot of depth, although Moutier came back and gave him some nice minutes, so there was that. Uh, but this isn't a team with a lot of depth that can't afford to lose several guys Maybe it'll turn out the guys 11, 12, and 13 on this roster can contribute. We kind of got used to that in the past. Um, but this roster looks like it's uh, constructed a little differently. So, all right, we got to get to the best of jazz postgame show. And we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of, football talk to get to with the Ute Cougar and Aggie coaches. So let's start with Gary Anderson with PK and I on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Gary, good morning. Congrats. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How we doing? Gary, do you ever look at the TV tape later of what you look like during games? <laughs> no, what do I look like? <laughs> well, it, everyone's running off the bench celebrating like crazy, and you did allow yourself a small smile. I couldn't see exactly who it was to, but there's a little smile like, yeah, that was pretty cool. But that was it. But there's no arms raised because the field goal is good or nothing. It just reminded me, we've had a million coaches say the losses hurt more than the wins feel good, and that's a win that could have felt really good. And you, you had a small smile. Oh, it felt. Oh, it felt really good. Trust me, that was uh, the the smiles that came across. It. You know, to be honest with you, I was just sitting there soaking it up for the moment with those kids because. Uh, you know, I, number one, I'm a little too old to take those shots that are given out there on the field very much anymore, so I have to be a little careful with that, which is uh, a priority. But uh, I enjoyed every single second of it, and that uh, whatever smile was there, trust me, that was a great big smile because it was it was very rewarding to see these kids fight the way they fought in that game. Um, that it meant a ton to me to be able to see. And for just for the kids, and, and quite frankly, for Aggie Nation to be able to win that game when you know there's a lot of things stacked against them on that in that in that football game, and you know they found a way. So um, you know the jumping around or whatever it may have been, and trust me, I have no problem with that, and I love it, and I've done that in my career many many times. But uh, I haven't had many wins that have been much more rewarding than that for a group of kids in that setting, in that scenario, and what they've gone through to uh, to get that victory was. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, really fun game from my perspective, sitting on the couch. I mean, I don't have the pressure of winning and losing, but just as a fan watching college football, invested in guys that I know and want to see succeed, it was fun to watch. So a lot of up and down. Take us through that situation when you go for it there at the uh, you know the next to last possession, I think it was, because in my mind, you know, you're down by one. A field goal only puts you up by two. And Utah or Fresno State, you hadn't had success stopping them so I supported the decision because I thought you needed to get more than a field goal lead and you go for it you don't get it I thought it was the right decision my partner thought you had your head right up your you know what I thought it was an awful decision but what was your line of thinking am I correct in thinking that well we need more than a two-point lead 
Yeah, it was it was that. Uh, did we absolutely have to have it? No, but if you were playing percentages in that situation, it was, uh, hey, we got we got we got a half inch to go here, or whatever it was, six inches. Uh, we went earlier on the fourth down, and we were able to get the touchdown um, earlier in the game, which was awesome to see. And um, you know, felt like, hey, let's let's go get this thing right now. And um, and then if we'd have got that touchdown in that situation, then we would have gone for two also. Um, yeah. But we we didn't get that. We didn't get in that situation. So we had actually talked about it, communicated about it prior to. It was a thought process both ways. Uh, you know, we we figured it at that point that we would uh, we'd go for it and see exactly what happened. And um, you know, and then the time on the clock was, hey, if we do get stopped, hopefully we can get a stop and get the ball back, whatever it may be, because their mindset is going to be different, right? If we score a touchdown, their mindset is wide open offense. We're going to go attack. We're going to go be who we're going to be and what they'd been all game long. And we had a hard time stopping them, bottom line, and did not play good defense throughout the football game. In fact, they played poor defense. Um, and now they don't get it. Well, their mindset definitely changes. Obviously, they're going to run the ball, try to eat up the clock and, and get it out. So uh, we're better percentage is trying to stop uh, the run in that situation and let them just have their wide open offense. So a lot of thought went into it. Could go either way. You know, you make those decisions and it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad and there's no in-between. It's kind of win or lose and unfortunately worked out. You know, there are a lot of ex-coaches and ex-quarterbacks on TV who will say uh, in the goal line, running out of the shotgun is hard because you don't really get the momentum the same way you get when your quarterback's under center and the, and the running back's just firing off. Any second thoughts on that? Any thought about tweaking that going forward? Yeah, there needs to be. We're not we're not good in we're not good in short yard situations. And we were better in the red zone this game, which quite frankly gave us a chance to have an opportunity to win. Um so that was great to see. But then this just the similar short yardage situations where we're at, you have to have some you know, you got you got to have some other things um, to give the kids an opportunity to be able to succeed. Especially when we load up the box and just say, okay, this is a zero pressure, and we're going to smack everybody in the A gaps and the B gaps, and you know, it'll be an adjustment. I think the offense the last two weeks, and the offensive staff, and the players have done a very nice job of at least addressing some of the scenarios and the issues that we've had, and we've had some, you know, we've had some success, um, which is which is great to see. And that is now that's an area that. Uh, we need to look at and we need to dissect and make sure, again, we are doing all we can to help the kids be able to execute in critical moments and critical situations. And that's uh, that'll be looked at and dissected this week. And um, But that's a long answer, but that is the fact. It does need to be better, and I think we will uh, uh, be better at that as we move forward. And I know that we have to have some other options. Don't know that I've ever seen Jordan Love play better. What was the difference? Well, I think you know he was he was comfortable. Um, he uh, was extremely focused. I think he's got now the opportunity to get the ball out to his playmakers. You know, COC had 11 catches, and you know he's able to spread the ball around as needed. But he but he he seems to be pretty settled in on who he's going after. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not sitting there calling the plays on offense. Mike's obviously doing that, and the staff is coaching him up on the way to go. So I don't know exactly why what the whole difference is, but I agree with you. He seems more has more composure. He seems to get himself where he needs to be. I think he understands there's a time limit on holding on to the football, and he needs to get that ball out of there quickly in a timely manner. And I think he's practicing like that. He's not sitting there holding the ball in practice, and he knows it's you know two and a half seconds. We got to get this thing out of here, and um, he's trusting his playmakers to make plays. So it was it was fun to see and it's just fun to see him have success especially going back home he's got 50 60 people in the stands he plays an outstanding football game and Jordan Love and his offense is the reason we had a chance to win that game um, without them we have no chance so it's you know it's kind of flip-flopped on us in those first three 
conference games that we had as we went through. We, uh, you know, the defense and the special teams absolutely 100% carried us and got us where we needed to be. And now it's completely flip flop. Now it's the well, special teams again, um, which was great, and it was obviously the offense. So at some point we've to uh, get where we want to get and have an opportunity to get another victory, um, and then keep going to the next one and the next one. We we have to be able to put down a solid performance in a conference game on all three phases, and we have yet to do that this season. Wyoming looks pretty good at six and three. Just lost in overtime at Boise State. They do seem a little snake, but uh, snake bit on the road. They've lost three straight road games. Do you see any difference in them home and away and how they play? No, not really. I mean, that's not noticeable on game tape that I see. I know this is, uh, you know, this is a really good defense. Um, numbers would show it. Um, their film would show it. The way they move around and do themselves, carry themselves, would show it. That's it's uh, so that that is that's uh, their identity is is we are going to cause you some serious problems, and that'll be something that I'm looking forward to see the offense match up against, and that's going to be the, a big part of the football game. And we need to have drastic improvement on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, this is a good team, physical, tough. You know, they built themselves over the last three or four years to be that, and uh, you know they've done a nice job. They're not the biggest team in the world on defense. But they don't want to be. They want to be fast and cause you a lot of issues, a lot of uh, blitzes. Uh, I watch them, and it just kind of reminds me of the, the the 08 defense when we had Greg Newman playing inside on the defensive line, and they have much trust in that the pressure is going to get there with their down four rushers. And you know th- those kids that were there, and obviously you had Koa and you had Kruger, and some great players. But at that point, we were just saying, hey, let's let's dial some things up here, man, and let the corners cover and do some things in the back end and let the special players play. And that's really how they're they're playing. And they got some swag on defense, and so you have to answer that, um, you know, with some playmakers on offense. And the teams that have done that have had some success. The teams that haven't have really struggled to, to score points. So this will be a, a key matchup, and that's what you're looking for. It's the middle of November, um, big-time games in the, in the month of November. That's what we've talked about. We've put ourselves in that position in the conference, so uh, that's what we talk about in August, and we're, we're there now. So now we'll see exactly how it, pl- how it plans out or plays out. Excuse me. Gary, we appreciate a few minutes. We'd mess around more if you had time, but you're a busy man. Yeah, you run. I, got, I got a little work to do, guys, but hey, I appreciate you. All right, see ya. Okay, bye. There's Aggie football coach Gary Anderson. When we come back, the Cougars' Kalani Sataki. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, Kalani Sataki had his weekly media availability, got the fifth win over Liberty, and now they get ready for Idaho State, which ought to be an easy victory. Here's Kalani with the media. All right, ready for your questions. Do you like having these FCS opponents maybe to break up the November schedule, or what's your kind of feeling of where they fall? I don't do the scheduling, so I just get the guys ready to play every week and uh, the goal is to match the expectations that our fans and our players have for for themselves. So that's what that's why I try to get done. So we, really, we just uh, another week for us to practice and get ready and to try to be at our best this weekend. What are your expectations for Zach in terms of his availability this weekend? Yeah, if he's if he's cleared to go, then then let's go. Let's see what happens. You know, I, I think that uh, um, Baylor's done done some good things, but. Uh, 
I'll leave it up to A-Rod and Grimes and those guys to figure out, uh, you know, which gives us the best chance for, for victory. And would he go back to the start, starting role immediately, or, or is that A-Rod's decision? I guess we have to kind of see how he progresses, you know, and, and, and how that how everything's healing up. So uh, hard to, to gauge that right now. Probably no more after practice and no more a little bit as we go from day to day. Um, I know that Zach made a lot of improvement from, say, Thursday to Saturday. So uh, we'll see how much improvement went from Saturday to today and, and go from there. The senior class getting ready for their final home game. A lot of them were part of the you know the group that came in before you took over as head coach, and so in some ways you had to recruit them as far as to what you wanted to do in developing the program. What do you remember just as you went through that transition with now these guys that are, are getting ready for their last home game? Yeah, I've, I mean we've we've been able to work a lot together in the last few years. You know, being able to establish the culture and and uh, working really hard on getting those guys. Um, uh, feedback and 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 um, you know I think they seen the leadership that the guys have gone through. I mean I, I look at the guy like Diane Gongwoluku who, who wouldn't say a word when I first got here. He just that was just his style. Now he's a vocal leader for us, and and uh, I think that happens naturally. But it's just really cool to see him find his voice and his place as a leader on the team, and you know have the guys really start to follow him. They they were doing that uh, a year ago, you know, so. Guys like him and others that have stepped up, and the quiet leaders like Talon Shumway and others that have done some really good things for us. It's just it's just been a lot of fun. It went by really quick, and I know they put a lot of hard work into establishing the team that that, that we are right now. And looking forward to, to seeing what they've done in the future. You know, the, the, their hard work and sacrifice for the for the future of this program. So uh, this week will be focused on those the seniors and sending them out the right way and. Uh, having you remember your last game, your senior year, I, I, I remember mine. And so these guys will remember it and want to make sure they have good memories of it. You mentioned Diane. He went back to cornerback in that second half to take mm-hmm. on uh, Dandy Golden. Will that be a permanent thing, you think, or is he going to go back to safety moving forward? Um, I don't know yet because we have to figure some things out. Troy Warner and Chris Wilcox will be playing this week. So we've got to figure out our depth chart and, and our rotation and seeing how the guys, you mentioned stuff about Zach earlier the same goes for Chris and Troy you know guys that have have experience starting for us we'll, we'll kind of uh, kind of look at what our depth chart will look like and trying to get the best 11 on the field so that even means defensive backs so uh, Diane will do whatever it takes he, you know we moved him right in the middle of a, of, of a drive and once we moved him over to corner he he was ready for it and I thought thought he performed really well so uh, luckily, we have guys that can swing and, and go uh, at corner or safety. Troy's one of those guys. Bo Tanner's another, and um, you know we have a. I think we have some some flexibility there, trying to get the best best two deep, the best uh, eleven on the field. You mentioned senior day, obviously, but how important, how much of an emphasis is it this week, trying to get to that six win mark and that bowl eligible mark for you guys? No, my, all the, all the energy is focused on getting the win for the seniors and and their last game in, in, in Lavado Stadium. So we're not even worried about that other stuff. Just trying to go 1-0 and this week and when do it for the seniors. When you were recruiting Blake Freeland, did you see him as an offensive lineman? I know it's been mm-hmm. a lot's been made of playing quarterback and all that. Or- saw him as a lot of different things. We thought maybe D-end or even tight end for his freshman year and see how he grows and how he progresses. And, and uh we knew he was really strong. You know, when he got here, he was on a mission right after basketball ended for him in high school. He was on a mission to gain weight and get bigger and stronger. And 
Uh, that guy in the last, in, in the two months leading up to the season, and I was really impressed with how strong he got and how much size he was able to put on. And um, the, the guy's an animal, so I'm just really glad that that uh, he's able to produce for us and do really well as a true freshman starting at that at tackle, which is hard in this game. And especially considering the the move that he's made, and not and still really being relatively new to the position. So uh, I think. Uh, you know, like I said before, Mateos and, and Grimes are doing a great job getting him ready, and Blake is—he comes from from uh, you know good genes, so that that should work for for him. We, we saw after the game on Saturday the interaction with you and Micah. What does he mean to you, just as you know, personally as well as you know, just the what he means to this team? Oh, those are, they're all my guys, man, and and the relationships that I still have relationships with my uh, former players that I've coached you know, to this day, and all the way back from my Eastern Arizona days, you know, so uh, I want those guys to know that, that, that and it's not just me, but the, I think that's what football does for you. These uh, these young men, it's cool to see them get older and, and um, you know, and eventually settle down, find jobs and become great men in the community and great husbands and fathers and and then I get to recruit their boys, so, you know, and so that's how it works and, and uh, getting to that point now where I'm starting to see some of the, you know, I'm, I'm recruiting my teammates' kids, so that's making me feel old. And now, the next step is to recruit my players' kids. So that's that's what we're doing. <laughs> you mentioned recruiting about a month or so out till early, early signing day. Do you mm-hmm. expect to sign a, a full 25-man class this year? I don't know. I mean, we have a really young team still, and we return a lot of guys. And so uh, that, in connection with the return missionaries that are, are coming home. Um, trying to find the best time to, to slot them in, whether it's January or in May or even later on after the summer, and seeing where how they progress from coming home from their mission. So everything's so um, it's just it's it's kind of really specific to who the the individual is and the timing of it all. So uh, we'll see we'll, that, and then you look at some of the the, um, the preferred walk-ons and walk-ons on the team that have deserved scholarships. I think you have to do the right thing, and that's recruit from within first and then look uh, you know elsewhere I think can't take those guys for granted the guys that have put more energy and more sacrifice into being here and so I think it's important that we recruit from the team first. You mentioned that you don't deal with recruiting on a day-to-day basis but when it comes to these FCS games would you rather have a regional opponent like an Idaho State versus somebody from clear across the country coming in here? It doesn't really matter who we play, you know. I, I I like I like being able to just be with the team and be on the field and and um, you know whether we're on the road and in, in, in East Coast time zone, we'll have fans there and so and and being at home is important. But this week it just um, you know we have I have connections to guys on the on a lot of coaching staffs and uh, th- this is no different. You know, looking at at Idaho State, they they have a couple guys on their staff that I know really well. And, and late Talamai Vowles coaching there. He's a former player of mine. And, and Cam Yancey's coaching there, a former player of mine. And then, you know, you look at guys like um, CE. Um, I think everyone calls him David Fifi. We call him CE. So I call him by his nickname, so everybody knows that how close he is to me. So that, you know, there are a bunch of good coaches there. We have former players that I've coached. Jay Irvine's a corner that I coached to help recruit. And uh, Kainoa Fuyaf is over there, too. So this is a. It's cool that there's connections and that there's a, we're familiar with a lot of guys on their staff, but really when it comes down to football, we just want to play at our best and make sure that our guys are ready to roll. And this, the, the focus of this week is that this is the seniors' last game at home. 
What else can you tell us about Idaho State on the field? Well, you know they put up they put up a lot of yards even last week. I think the, you know they only had the five points or whatever against Eastern Washington, um, but uh, they had a lot of yards still. So they averaged uh, about 160 in the run game and and 240 yards in the passing game. So that that's uh, 400 401 yards of average per game. And so uh, last year I, mean, I know that they were putting up a lot of points, a lot of stats. And so the, the you know their coaches are really. Uh, real experience that they have that connection to Missoula to Montana and things like that so uh, I, for us we're going to respect every opponent that we go against but this week we've got to be really focused on the things that we need to improve on and, and make sure that we're playing at our best and doing it for the seniors what do you remember about your senior day yeah I remember Lavelle Edwards Stadium that was the first game in, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium when it was given that name so yeah that, that was really cool a special special moment and I think it took a lot of people by surprise, including myself, and I was really honored that, that we were to get that win and play that game. It was a lot of fun. What areas do you see Kyrus making the, the biggest improvements this year compared to previous seasons? Well, I, th- I think a lot of people don't realize that Kyrus is still raw. I mean, he's he's uh, that's you hear a lot of scouts talking about that, but the the ability that he has and the speed and the athleticism for a big guy um, is it's uh, that that's that's unique to him, you know, and so. He's really strong, powerful, but uh, I think he's still he's still got a lot more things to, to get better at. And, but the the hard things he, he he's pretty natural at being physical and and being able to move and run. So um, yeah, I just I love seeing his progression. This is really only his third third year ever playing D line. So uh, the, really, the sky's the limit potential wise. He's got a high ceiling. You bring up the scouts, though. I mean, do you expect this to potentially be his last home game, or you know, having a decision after this season? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, if if, if so, great. But right now, I'm focused on the actual seniors, you know, and and then uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, decision-making process and all that with the, with the underclassmen will always be what's best for the players and and what gives them the most uh, opportunity to have success, you know. So. Uh, if, it, if it's going on to the league, then I'll be happy for them and, and happy for those that make that decision. But uh, that, that time will come towards the end of the year. What feedback do you get from scouts on him? A lot. I mean, get great feedback about all our players, you know, from especially starting with our seniors and uh, from all our skill guys that are graduating, our receivers and our tight ends. And, and um, they, they like the guys that we have. We're looking at our, at our, D, our DBs, you know, and so... Uh, around this time is where our, our players start getting attention, and we'll start seeing. But that's part of that's part of uh, you know graduating and being upperclassmen is that you start thinking about what's uh, what's you know ahead of us. And for us as a team, as a program, right now we're focused completely on this on the goals, which is to win this week and to go one and zero this week and and win for the seniors. So all that stuff is just kind of in the background, just like. Um, you know, a lot of other things that goes on in their life right now. Football is all that matters for our guys. Last couple questions. This, this note here, you got, you've started 13 freshmen tied for, with Purdue for most in the country. What do you think that says about <laughs> Sorry. You can answer that if you want. <laughs> turn that off. What do you think that says about just where your program is at right now and maybe the future? Yeah, I think we we have some really good freshmen that that have stepped up and 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 earned the right to be on the field, and then um, and some others. Uh, there's guys that have been kind of forced to be on the field because of the depth chart and injuries and things like that. But 
uh, it just shows that, that uh, our evaluation is working for these guys. And, and you know, we're seeing a lot of guys, I mean, I'll, I'll mention Peyton Wilgar is a guy that doesn't never got a lot of attention coming out of high school. And that guy's huge, you know, and got great ball skills and has great instincts. He's just one that I'm mentioning out of all the freshmen that Max Tooley was a leading uh, – that guy actually was recruited, you know, but there's a lot of guys that we're evaluating that are playing as freshmen and sophomores that didn't get a lot of a lot of um, attention. And it's the, the, the fact that uh, we're able to develop them a little bit and um, on the, in, in, the, in the weight room and on the field and, and that they're, they're just kind of, you know, late bloomers. And so – We'll keep taking those guys, and I'm glad we have a coaching staff that can evaluate that because, uh, as you can see, recruiting is not an exact science, but development usually usually works out pretty well for us. What positives have you seen the four-game redshirt role have on your program, and this being year two of that? You know, um, it's actually getting to the point where, because we have such a young team and so many guys are playing, that um, we're not able to use as many of the red shirts as we, we thought we were going to be able to use. And uh, the goal is still to win the game, right? And so um, I think we get able to plug guys in certain spots, but I think you're looking at it when you get to that four-game limit, we had to decide whether or not George Udo was going to red shirt, and we decided to play him. We had to decide what to do with Blake Freeland when we get to that four-game um, part as well. So uh, that gives us some, some discussions and conversations to have, but for the most part, we just got to play the guys and find ways to win. And you can't just, I mean, I think it probably helps out more in special teams than anything else and helps out with guys that get injured. But for us, it's helping out with Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner being able to come back and play this year. Colony, how important <coughs> you've talked before about, you know, the, you know, we're talking about, you know, guys going on to live good lives. We talked about the prayer on Saturday. We talked about, you know, the emotion that you showed with the True Blue Heroes and some of those things. The perspective that you bring to the team and to the boys because football's important, but how important is it for them to see that broader perspective that you try and help help them see? Because that can be tough and, you know, for, for college kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you, it's important to have all the players and recruits and everyone that's involved understand the purpose the, the, of them being here. And football's really important, but it's not the only thing that, they're, that we're about. It, it's, it's a, there's a lot of things that we focus on here, and that's big part of it is service and service and charity work and um, you know academics and, and seeing your potential as a human rather than just a football player and so it doesn't um, it doesn't really uh, if you look at it, it doesn't hit on all points with all recruits and that's okay you know but if, if guys are, are thinking of others and want to serve others and while, while using their platform that they have as a football player and seeing that they can make an impact in the world and BYU is a great spot for doing that. And then, and at the end of it, you can ask all these seniors, at the end of their four or five years that they have here, they'll see so much growth in themselves. I mean, that's that's what happens when you serve, you know, and, and we're going to be really big on that. And, and, and I think our guys, uh, they capture exactly what BYU is all about and, and what our purpose is, and that's um, really helping people out. And, and in return, they get better themselves. There's Kalani Sataki's weekly press conference. When we come back, we'll hear from Kyle Whittingham and also the best of the Jazz postgame show. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The Jazz beat the Warriors in the Bay Area, get their first win in California. They were actually, what were they, 6-0 and outside of California and 0-3 in it because they lost to the Kings, the Clippers, and the Lakers. They get the win in California. They're 7-3 and now through 10 games. Here's the best of the postgame show. Sure, Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz beat the Warriors last night, 122-108. They were led by Rudy Gobert, who had his biggest offensive uh, output of the season by far. He had 25 points on 11 of 12 from the field. He also added 14 boards and assists and even two block shots just for fun. Uh, Donovan Mitchell with 23 points uh, last night with eight boards and six assists, another fine outing from him. Mike Conley, uh, six of 11 from the field, five of eight from three, had seven assists to go along uh, with his 22 points. But really, what a difference a year makes for the Golden State Warriors, uh, bringing a a cavalcade of journeymen and no-namers to the floor last night and played absolutely zero defense. However, D'Angelo Russell did have 33 points for the Warriors, as he is certainly their best player and best offensive weapon by a long, long way. All right, let's get to some postgame sound. Let's get things started with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. And, you know, they're a tough team to play. It's, um, they're obviously dealing with a lot of injuries, and um, to come in here and get a win is a really good win. Speaking of playing more connected, we saw Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley there with the pick and roll. What did you see? It seems like they're starting to get that connectivity even more and more. Yeah, you know, sometimes the way teams play you, it's more difficult. Um, But more than anything, it just takes time, you know. And um, in in any facet of life, you know, when you're new to something, those things to get to be instinctive. And, you know, they've played, what, 10 games together? So... Um, something like that. I don't keep track of them right now because they're coming so fast. We got one tomorrow night. One of the messages at shoot around was for Rudy to get out and run. What did you like about his focus and effort in that area tonight? Well, when he does that, you know, it, it gives us an opportunity to you know, kind of stretch the floor and flatten the defense and it opens up things for other people and it's um, it's a habit and particularly when, when he doesn't get a rebound, that's when we really want him to run. All right, thank you so much, Coach. Chris, thank you. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team beat the Warriors 122-108. to Let's now uh, let you hear from Mike Conley. We were just playing with a, a, a better flow, a better rhythm. Um, we were getting up and down the floor a little bit easier than, than our last few games. And um, guys got some easier looks, which I think it made everybody a little bit more comfortable. Hey, Mike, different look, uh, different arena, different city. What was it like coming in? Of course, not having staff. Yeah. Mike Conley, big night, 22 points, 6 of 11 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3, 5 of 5 at the line. He had 7 assists as well and 0 turnovers for Mike Conley last night. Let's now let you hear from Donovan Mitchell. I think we moved the ball well. You know, I think if we just continue to build on that, we'll be in good shape. 
Coach was preaching uh, shoot around today, Rudy, to get out and run. Yeah. Did you see a difference in that tonight? Yeah, for sure. You know, going running the floor, getting lobs, getting dunks. That's what that's what we know him for. You know, if he's able to just get out and run and get to the read spot, you know, that's when good things happen. Uh, we've been telling him that, and he's been doing it. Would you call you guys a victory? All uh, over twenty-five. Uh, I don't like just you know just saying saying. I think that's that's up for you guys to say. I think for us, it's just continuing to do what we do. And on top of that, like I said, we still we've had we had three guys you know at 25, 23, and whatever points. But I think um, the biggest thing is like I look at it like Boyan hasn't didn't shot shoot well. So like now imagine when he does. You know imagine when when Joe does or Roy. Like I mean I think that's that's what we're really looking at. Like we had a good game tonight. But imagine you know when things are clicking for all of us. And I think that's that's what's really keeping us uh, keeping us moving because we have we have way more to improve on the offensive end. But this nights like this, you you really get excited because you see what the potential we have. Playing against your childhood best friend tonight, the jersey swap at the end. What was that like for you? Man, that was incredible. You know, I think uh, talking a lot of trash. You know, I missed the opportunities. I think we both missed shots on each other, um, but definitely talking a little bit and just being able to just compete against my, my brother. I think it's it was uh, it was a lot of fun and. Uh, can't wait to do it again. You guys make 16 three-pointers tonight, and you also attempt 32 free throws. Do you feel like those two things are good? Yeah, I think just being able to get the shots up, get, making them respected from three, and then also getting to the rim. I think got to the bonus in the first half pretty early, so just continuing to attack, and it starts with us guards getting in there and then obviously finding big fella on them. I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. I think um, there's a lot of a lot of amenities in here that are really catered for the players. And then on top of that, just the, the vibe is, you know, it's always going to be great here in uh, San Francisco. I think that's what's special about this place. You know, the fans are always loud. And, and I think uh, it was it's a, it's a nice arena. I like it. D'Angelo had some hot moments. You guys have got another high-scoring guard in Kyrie tomorrow. What do you think we're going to do? They're talented players. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. They're, they're going to they're gonna make shots. But if we could just withstand it, you know, Royce did an outstanding, Royce and Joe did an outstanding job on him. Um, obviously, he had 31, but we limited him. He made his looks tough. You know, he hits these good players. going to hit tough shots, and we got to be able to do the same thing tomorrow against uh, Kerry. Last couple seasons, you guys have had a lot of lineups with Rudy and Jeff Favors together. Mm-hmm. With him gone in the smaller lineup, what do you miss from that double big, and what do you I think the you know, biggest thing, obviously, is the, the, the rebounding. is definitely huge, but I think being able to get out and transition, the space is a little bit different um, for sure. I think that's one thing we're getting used to, but um, definitely rebounding, i say, is one thing we missed with, with Favor there and there, and just being able to run a little bit more. And what has Mike Conley meant to you? Um, he's been he's been huge. Yeah, he's been he's been huge for me. Just being able to listen and, and just find ways how to control the game, you know. And the end of this game, you know, me just staying in the corner, just watching. You know, I think I have no problem with that. Just being able to try to take away and feel. I think we ran the same play four or five times over, and he made five different reads. You know, being able to take that from him, and I think it's and, and it's going to help me develop my game as well. If we can if we can get that, that'd be it'd be special for sure. Rudy's an all-star caliber player, and I think he likes it like tonight. He showed it, and he's going to continue doing that. And he's got to be able to run the floor, and we'll find him. Thank you. There you go. That was Donovan Mitchell, 23 points on 7 of 17 shooting. Also added 8 rebounds to go along with 6 assists. The Jazz don't have a lot of time to rest. They're back at it tonight. Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets are in town. That game will tip off a little after 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage right here on the Zone Radio Network begins at 6. Ben Anderson will be along with me once again tonight for pre-half and post-game coverage. There's the best of the Jazz post-game show. They're back at it with Brooklyn tonight. All right, we've heard from Kalani Sataki, and we have heard from Gary Anderson. Now, here is Kyle Whittingham's press conference as he meets with the media. Coming off the bye week, ready to uh, get back after it. Got UCLA coming to town. Um, got some momentum. They have some momentum. Three-game win streak. 
um, starting to figure out who they are and starting to settle in and uh, very confident team at least it appears that way when you watch them play now a uh, team that controls their own destiny in the south just like we do and so it should be a great matchup uh, got a, a good back 27 uh, is doing a lot of good things for them uh, the slot receiver number two is a good player as well uh, quarterback is the guy that makes it all go number one he's he's a dynamic player uh, you know excellent uh, with his legs, especially, you know, making making uh, big plays, extending the play, and and uh, just uh, makes that offense go. So we got our hands full. Um, good to be back at home at Rice Eccles, and I think we got a lot of benefit out of the bye week. We're a healthier team this this week. We uh, gave our guys, you know, we, we practiced a little bit, but but uh, for the most part, it was. Uh, veterans got a lot of rest and the young guys got a lot of work so that was the mo and also got some recruiting the usual the usual stuff that we try to accomplish on uh, by week so questions um looking at the offense <coughs> utah leads the pack 12 and pa- passing yards per completion mm-hmm. <coughs> how much of that is due to tyler making the the correct reads and how much of that is due to the receivers making yards after the catch I think it's, it's both. They're both really uh, important in that uh, statistic. And Tyler has done a great job all season long of, first of all, taking care of the football. You know, the, the turnovers have been uh, to a, a minimum, kept at a minimum. And he's doing a nice job going through his read progression. Offensive line's got to play into that as well, giving him time. But our receivers have really stepped up this season. And we've been talking about them for the last couple of years, and they're starting to uh, come to their own. And, you know, Brian Thompson and and Demar Simpkins and Samson and Solomon Enos and we've got some good guys, uh, Derek Derek Vickers, uh, you know, just guys that are making plays. And so that's a combination of, of all three of those things. Tyler's decision making, the receiver stepping up, and the offensive line protection. Good morning, Coach. Hey, PK. How are you? Doing good. good. Thanks. A lot of talk with national ranking, college football <laughs> ranking, and all that stuff. How do you keep the focus of the task at hand? Easy, because our, our only focus and task is to get a win this week. And that's that. No matter what you're ranked, no matter what all that outside noise says, or uh, you know, all the just the the uh, peripheral stuff. Can't worry about that because no matter what it says, you got to win. And that's that's our whole focus. And that's really not a big challenge in my estimation. I hope it's not a big challenge for our players. It shouldn't be. Kyle, has there has there been a noticeable difference for you in terms of now you guys are the hunted, like people are trying to come after you every single week instead of you guys trying to upset some maybe larger teams? Have, have you noticed a change that way in, in how teams approach you or, or what they do? I don't think so. You know, we just feel like we're going to get everybody's best shot. And that's kind of always our mentality, though. We don't. That's not different from from years past. We we uh, go into the game that you know, thinking that that the opponent is. You know, we respect them and and uh, don't overlook them. And so I, I don't think that that has been a, uh, at least not in my mind, a factor this year. Is the 04 and the 08 seasons uh, kind of prepared you to have your team back in the national spotlight like it is right now? I think so. You know, that that's, uh, you know, two seasons where we were, you know, obviously very uh, successful and, and uh, had some lofty rankings. We also, I think it was 2015 where we, we ascended pretty good, but it, it, we kind of tailed off at the end. But, but uh, you know, it's not, we're not completely, uh, 
unfamiliar with this territory. Yeah. You didn't face Thompson Robinson, the quarterback, last year at the Rose Bowl. Uh, what is he like, and, and how does he make them different? Very athletic. Like I said, he's a guy that can really extend the play. Um, he's, uh, you know, he just he makes things happen. I mean, he's, he's dynamic, and he's making good decisions throwing the ball. Uh, but they're a run-first team, as are all spread. All good spread offenses are run-first teams. That almost all. That's just how it is. And they're they're uh, running the ball exceptionally well. Number twenty-seven in the last three games has really started to, to be uh, productive. But uh, the quarterback, like I said, he's he's uh, so dangerous. If you let him out of the pocket, he's really dangerous. So you got to try to keep him in. Kyle, could you detail Simi Moala's path to the program and how you decided to transition him from the defensive end where he was in high school to the tackle position on offense? Okay, yeah, we uh, recruited him out of high school, ended up uh, signing with Oregon State, went on an LDS mission. When he came back, he had a change of heart, wanted to reconsider where he wanted to play football. Uh, we were in the mix on him and ended up ultimately obviously coming to us. We had an inkling in high school that Otaka would be his eventual home and where he would be where he would be uh, most successful and have his highest ceiling. We moved him there. We, he played D-line for oh, a few months when he first got here, but it was very apparent that he had a, a bright future on the other side. We made the move. He was uh, willing, wasn't overly excited about it, but he was willing to make the move. And, and uh, as he started to settle into that position and started to figure it out, because he had only played defensive line in high school, he started to really uh, excel and and his game just got better and better and now he's he's one of our best linemen right now as a redshirt freshman and we we really missed him uh, in the last football game until he came back in and that's when things really started to turn in that last game. Bama Lucini, uh, you got him listed here on this two deep second string. What went into kind of that decision with eligibility issues and health, in addition to just quality of play? Well, last game it was due to injury. You know, he was uh, put into the lineup, thrust into the lineup because of injury, and he himself got injured during that game, and so we had we weren't able to use him the rest of the game. But uh, we know now he has three games left. We've got three regular season games, and who knows what after that. So it's just a matter of uh, kind of it's almost the same situation we were in at the very beginning, the very onset, uh, when we were trying to determine when to use him, except now it's three games that we have to use, and so we're still trying to determine what the best course of action is, and, and uh, we'll see how practice goes this week. That'll have a lot to do with it, how practice goes this week. Coming into the season, you had relatively unproven talent with Josh Nurse and Tariq Lewis on the corner side. What what have you seen so far this season from them that that has kind of worked and that allowed you guys to to feel confident there? Well, both those guys, first of all, have played good football for us opposite Jalen, and they get a lot of action because Jalen doesn't get a ton of action. So they've uh, held up extremely well. Josh is a converted wide receiver who has uh, a lot of length. They're two different type of players. Josh is a taller uh, lengthier defender where Tariq is uh, smaller but has great speed and great quickness but they both are being very productive they're splitting reps right now Josh has got a few more reps than uh, Tariq in the last few weeks just due to how the series have unfolded not not necessarily trying to get him more reps but it's an even 50-50 split with those guys and they are both uh, when they're in there doing a good job Kyle, have you guys made a determination on Britton Covey's status for the remainder of the year? Not 100%. It's just the same 
exactly in the same mode we've been in where we hope to redshirt him. We think that's the case, but it's not set in stone because unforeseen things can happen. But uh, right now, that is still the mindset. And is he practicing with the team still? I mean, going yeah. through He's practicing with us regular. every day and, and uh, running the scout team, you know, giving uh, the uh, first defense a good look. And, and uh, he continues to get more healthy as, as time goes on. Kyle, you mentioned last week that Tyler Huntley probably used the bye week to get closer to 100%. What, is he closer to 100%? We'll find out of practice. We haven't seen him today, but uh, he looked better last week. And so it's just a matter of uh, time. You know, the, more, the longer it goes, the more he heals. So. There's some pretty good stats in there in running game, and Kelly seems like he's been running the ball for more yardage lately. Who could you compare him to? What style of, of back and what style of running game do they have as a team and then him individually? Well, the zone scheme, outside zone, inside zone, you know, the typical uh, runs that you see from, from spread offenses. He is a big back, 6'1", 220, and so he's got size to him. He's got good quickness, good vision. But uh, it's really, I think the offensive line is starting to get some some guys that weren't very experienced on the old line coming into the season who now have a, you know, nine games of experience in, in under their belt, eight or nine games, and so it's a case of I think the old line functioning better and him just starting to uh, first of all get more carries and just uh, being more productive. But he's a good back and comparing to somebody. Uh, that's a good question, but but he's you know he's physically can run inside, he can run outside. So, coach, during a Saturday on a bye week, uh, do you kind of encourage your players to maybe not even watch football or just kind of get their minds off it? And do you spend all day watching football, or do you get out and do other stuff? A uh, combination of both for me. I watched a few games, but uh, got out and did some other things as well. As for the players. You know, if there's a game that is directly going to be applicable to us, for example, if UCLA would have played this weekend, we certainly would have wanted them to tune in. But where we both had uh, the bye week, I didn't really instruct them on what my expectations were other than stay out of trouble. That's the main expectation. You said last week that you don't package games in terms of November or any particular month, but, but just in general. You've had some teams like last year finish really strong in the regular season and, and others not as well. Can you say what the kind of determinants are? No, different other than the matchups, you know, who you play, how your team is playing, how your uh, just the state of your, your health, all that stuff. I mean it all it all factors in, so I don't think there's a any one thing you can point to other than just circumstances, uh, year, you know, each respective year. And so uh, that's as good as I can answer that right there. Kyle, you guys lead the, the Pac-12 in nine major statistical categories, ranging from rushing offense, rushing defense. Are any of those you take more pride in? And is the fact that you lead the nation in rushing defense, is that the number one thing? Or what's been the key to your success this year? Well, we pride ourselves on being physical, and, and it starts with the run game and defending the run. That, that doesn't change year in and year out. And so there's... Uh, you know, typically run run yardage is more damaging than throw yardage to an opponent. I mean, if you can just cram the ball down their throat, that's that can be demoralizing. And so, that's always something that we want to be uh, 
you know, is a strong suit for us. We want it to be a strong suit to run the football and to defend the run. And we're doing, like you mentioned, defensively better than anybody in the country right now. We've got a challenge this week because they're a good running team. But uh, that's uh, something that's very important to us. Um, obviously, you get sick of hearing it, but the turnover margin is another thing that's very important. But uh, if you were to say, where does it all start other than the turnover margin? It's, it's the physicality of the line of scrimmage, which translates into playing the run tough and being able to run the football effectively, which we're, we're doing a good job. We're leading the Pac-12 and rushing as well per game. You talked about having to keep the quarterback in the pocket. Do you instruct your the pass rushers to do something different here? Because, I mean, their mentality is usually get to the quarterback. Yeah, we're going to be way rushes. different this week, but I can't tell you what it is. It's going to be way different. So UCLA, it's going to be way different than what you're seeing. Yeah, so. I have a two-part question. One, can you detail the steps you've taken to become the greatest football coach of all time? And second, who goes your lawn? Uh, PK, can you answer that for me? The greatest football coach? Whatever, whatever you have. Yeah, I think he has a lot of help. <laughs> a good point. Surround yourself with good. There you go. Surround yourself with good players and good assistants. Who mows my lawn when it's not me uh, or my wife? It doesn't get mowed. So, me and my wife. Yeah. There's Kyle Woodingham with the media. We're going to take a break. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.